Warning, wrestling POV global is not suitable for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, this is Dirty Duke Durango, and you're listening to WPOV Wrestling. Wrestling POV global black and yellow brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite to elite to the hot topic. AEW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Hurt any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. And with me, my two sad sacks, I'm going to have to say of, guys, guys, we were we were had a great thing going here. We were winning. And now each of you come to here with your tail between your legs. And I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. What do I have left? Is there anything left we can lose to the WPOV guys? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But first of all, I want to introduce my first co-host. Hey, what stinks in here? Yes, it yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. the Lone Wolf. <laughs> yeah, you heard that in the back. The Lone Wolf, Andy Anderson, who I got to, how, Andy, how do you go from top of the world to turd in a month? How did this happen? Now, you were well, writing a book on brilliant booking for this thing. I don't think you got to chapter two, but but do explain. <laughs> As I like to say in those rare instances where uh, someone gets to one-up me. Mm -hmm. uh, even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. So and, you're saying uh, a blind chipmunk found a turd? Uh, I'm saying that Rick Serrano third is maybe uh, the equivalent of a blind squirrel okay. and that uh, he was able to beat me. Okay. And uh, you know what? I Unfortunately, uh, I didn't give the pay-per-view a lot of attention. Had I, had I given it a little more attention, I mean, there's a lot going on. It was Father's Day, mm -hmm. so it was, you know, a little bit of an afterthought. Um, and then sometimes things just kind of slip, slip through the cracks, and, and that's what happened. Now, now, you know I love you, Andy. You know you're my brother. You know mm -hmm. that. And, mm -hmm. I, and, and I, I, you know, I, when I saw that, you, I was brokenhearted when I saw that they gave you that award, okay? But, and I don't want to be mean, but as my journalistic integrity has to make me ask, you say a blind squirrel sometimes can find a nut. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how many other blind squirrels ahead of you found nuts, James? <laughs> the, it well, was a nut finding you know day for squirrels. Was, <laughs> no, I'm no, only, no. I'm only talking no. about the main squirrel. That's all. Okay. The fact that Rick Serrano. You know what? Anybody else can can beat me, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, this it's is Rick so Serrano. The third yeah. that likes to talk trash and made WrestleMania bets and uh, tried to, you know, rope in some <laughs> some extra help and couldn't beat me two on one. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm saying, you know, like anybody else, I'm, you know, Clay Cummings could win or, or Tony or Elio. No, 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 no. Or we can't let any of them win. Any of our, uh, you know, any of our esteemed listeners. Yes. That, that, that's fine. So, I mean, really the only one that kind of sticks a little bit is, is Rick Serrano, but uh, it is what it is. And. Yeah, you know what? I all kidding aside, man. All kidding aside, I was teasing. I, I know we're gonna get back. That that Rick Serrano's got to be taken down a peg. He's already dancing around, sending all these pictures of me of your head on a turd and all sorts of ridiculous things. You had one mistake, one mistake, but you won two in a row. 
and you won decisively when you were into it. So you know what, Rick, you can fake your surgeries, you can do all your little whatevers, but you know what, Andy Anderson's got your freaking number and Global's coming for your ass. And you know what, you screwed Elio out of the, the five knuckle chuckle or whatever that thing's called, but you know what, Five knuckle Elio, shuffle? Shuffle, yeah, whatever that thing is. No one, no one can do a five knuckle shuffle like Rick Serrano the third. That's what I've come to learn. No, I heard he was going to do the five minute. Any, anyhow. No, uh, I doubt that. Well, it was like 62 times in that five minutes, but still, he was willing to go the distance. That's why he needed to go for surgery. <laughs> it was elbow. It was elbow surgery. And, goal, tendonitis. Tendonitis. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. That might be the segment of gold this week right there. Andy, you might have got the gold segment of this week. <laughs> when you were gone, I started a new segment called It's Gold, Jerry. And when we came across something hilarious... It's gold, and we're going to put that in there. So let's see how this show goes out. That might be right. that might be the one today. You know what? Let's introduce. Okay, it was the fought, Okay, it was the pay per view points game. Um, it was the only bad showing you've ever had. However, I did play a couple times, and I did once do the max points, and I got my ass handed to me. I haven't yet to win the turd, but I've I've come to like second last place. Uh, for me, it's all enough. <laughs> so yeah, for Great, me, big lose big. Yeah, I I can. You know what? Are you listening, Rick Serrano? That's what a man sounds like. Even when he's on defeat, you can't knock down Andy Anderson. You can't knock down Global. All right. Anyways, moving on. Our ne- Off other the box. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very clean up here. Uh, and and speaking of people who are robbed, my other co-host, once again, robbed by Rick the Robber Serrano the third. We're talking about the gentleman Elio Canella. Now, Elio. Yes, sir. you did poke the bear a little. I listened to the last show. You were supposed to fill in for Rick, and instead you, you hey, bushwhacked him. The, the, WP, the WPV president uh, sent the word in that uh, he he invoked the one-day rule. The champion can't defend the title. The person that's, that's there has to do it. That sounds fair to me. That sounds fair to me. So How, before we start, yes, I need a moment of silence. Okay. For the one day five second five second shuffle championship reign that you had. Let me just say now, Andy, being a professional wrestler, do you believe championship matches should be triple threats or fatal four ways or any of that? Or should it just be two opponents? Uh, to me it should be one on one. Thank you. Now I was there on Saturday and I won the championship. My first defense was on Sunday night. Now, I went in thinking it would be a one-on-one championship match. However, I walked into a two-on-one assault, a handicap match. Fair, now, fair. First of all, we have Clay Cummings, mm-hmm. who I've tried to get hit, this guy taken out of the book because I don't know why he was in there anyways. Not anymore. He, he snuck up behind me, delivered a, a stunner. Rick's round of the third. This man... The guy just had surgery. For a guy who just had surgery, Faces he's awful injury. strong. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as he locked in that sharpshooter, I passed out from the pain. You know what, Elio? I, I got one question to ask you about this. Only journalistic integrity here. All right, okay. Okay. What show do we cover every week? AEW. AEW. Who are the tag team champions? Who are the tag team champions currently right now in AEW? You should that's know how, why I'm asking this question. That's how memorable they are. Well, this explains it because during his uh, his five second shuffle, they played the freaking the of young all bucks, the WWE. Yeah, yeah, of all the WWE songs that always come up in this game, 
the first AEW song to come up, the Young Bucks theme, which we hear, I don't know how many times, and Elio stood there going, I don't know. Now, hold on a minute now. Now, okay. let me continue on. <laughs> so, you can't tell, but right now I'm in pain. <laughs> Do tell. That makes, that makes two of us. No, I, I had to, I had <laughs> to, pain I, to I had to take, I had to take a Tylenol before the show just to get through this. Yeah, I told because, you about snorting Tylenols before the show. Because, because when I woke up from being passed out from the pain uh-huh. of the sharpshooter, uh-huh. I felt my jaw, and because of that $50 stunner, that clay coming escaping, I now have to call my dentist and book an appointment to have my jaw surgically repaired. Okay. In all fairness, he is an American, so his $50 stunner is worth probably about 350 <laughs> Canadian. So it was a bit h- harder than you're probably used to. I'll get. I'll give him that. Wow, you had a rough... Both you guys had rough weeks. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm telling you, yeah. that nothing going to have to wind my jaw shut, so that's going to give me fewer words than I already have on this show. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Uh, let, you know what? Let's get into some wrestling because this is this is turning into an episode of whoa. You know. <laughs> so uh, let's start off with uh, let's start off with elite delete. Now elite delete. Sometimes people, when I put forward these questions, they say to me, "Well, why on earth would you put so and so? This person was on a main event." You're missing the point. Sometimes of elite delete, it's like in this iteration at this moment, is this person? elite or delete um right now i'm starting to have some questions some questions about mjf Mm. and here's a dude that they keep showing us yet i except how many times has this guy wrestled this year like honestly like two maybe three times in the entire year that's how that's how i remember what is i don't even remember last time he was in there even like double or nothing was his last match yeah, I mean, all he does is occasionally show up in these multi-man matches. He talks a big game. He shoots his mouth off. He does his little stuff, his social media. And yet, I am I was excited about this guy in the beginning. I'm like, finally, a villain, a real villain. But you know what? A real villain at least will get involved sometimes. A real villain just doesn't phone it in every freaking week and say, hey, don't forget I'm a villain. Look at me on social media, giving the finger to a little kid. I'm sorry, I'm not getting enough actual action from this guy to make him even part of the show. And for me, it's starting to become a detriment. I think his, yeah, he's got this uh, great presentation. He's got the look. He's a little small. Let's give him that. Let's be honest. As a professional wrestler, he's a little small for these big companies where they put big men on top. But if he's not going to do much except yabber his mouth, he ends up being, did any of you guys ever see the movie The Evil Dead? Oh, not the Evil Dead, sorry. Uh, what's the one where the guy sees the vampire across the street and he's pretty sure that... Uh, Fright Night. <laughs> Fright Night. Did you guys ever yeah. see the original Fright Night? Yep. Well, way, way back, yeah. Okay. There was that annoying character who gets turned into a vampire and he runs around hissing, he'll get you too! He'll get you! That's what MJF <laughs> is starting to become to be. This annoying voice in the background, me, 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 who doesn't do anything. That guy's name was Evil Ed. Now we got Evil MJF who does dick Evil Ed. Yeah. So you know what? I'm going to give him the old delete this week because I need more if this guy's... Fine. If you want to be a second string opening card villain, put in the little time. You want me to buy pay-per-views because you're supposed to be on top? Make me show it you're worth watching, not like doubting what your ability is because we don't see it ever. I'm going to say delete. Andy, you want to weigh in on MJF? You know, 
prior to our conversation, I, I was kind of thinking, I was like, man, like, what are you talking about? But, but what you're saying actually makes a lot of sense as I kind of think back. And I mean, uh, you know, I've been a little hit and miss lately uh, away on secret assignment. So I haven't caught everything that's been going on, but uh, yeah, especially in a business that's so, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. What, what has he done? That's, the dastardliness like I'm, I'm trying to think it's like are they trying to do less is more but if they if they are it's almost like they're doing too little with him mm-hmm. and uh you know it's i think there was more heat being generated on him when he was still a part of the inner circle and we mm-hmm. were all like oh well we know what's going to happen it's just a matter of time it's just a matter of time whereas now and and maybe that's the style you know we have the kind of the issue the style of, of aew's booking because People talk about WWE being, uh, you know, the equal kind of 50-50 booking where it's like, oh, well, one week the heel wins, one week the babyface wins. That That's almost how it feels with what I've seen from the inner circle and pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right from the get-go, I, you know, I was one of the ones that said, okay, you know, they pinnacle attacked them, they beat them down, they were gone for like a week, and then all of a sudden inner circle got their comeuppance. They popped out of the bathroom, they, they attacked them, and to me, they, they haven't really had that role of like true heels that are, well, and maybe it's because AEW doesn't believe in heels maybe, and maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, you know, where I was once, I was like, you know, oh yeah, it's, it's an easy elite. I'm actually, I think I'm going to side with you and, and jump over just slightly onto the side of delete. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, uh, Elio? What are you seeing here? Okay, when I when when I see MJF, I see the same character he portrayed in MLW. He brought over to AEW, and um, I'm not really a, I've never really been a fan. And uh, yeah, when how many times does he wrestle? Every week he comes out, he just talks and does the mm-hmm. same thing, doesn't do anything else. So I'm gonna go with delete. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? We fed. Uh, this week, the computer broke down again, so I had to buy a new one. Oh. We have a new thing called the Regurgitator 3000. Um, Regurgitator takes in information. This time, it took in all your guys' little votes and stuff, mixes it around, and it literally regurgitates uh, numbers back oh. at us. Okay. So I have on plastic gloves. I have on a splash shield. Let, let's turn on the gerbilator. Okay. We have 70% of you that said elite, 30% say delete. Hmm. Looks like some, maybe the worm is starting to turn a little for Mr. MJF. Still holding it up there, but uh, you know what? We're the guys that are digging. We're the guys watching closely, and, and we're going to keep an eye on this because we're there for you people. You know what? Last week, Andy, this started off my first controversial pick for elite delete where another one, and I just really wanted to, to I know you didn't get a chance to listen to the shows. You've been, you've been on assignment. Right. You just got back in today. Um, we actually put Adam Page on, right? Ooh. And I put Adam Page on, and I very much said the reason I put him on and put him on delete was the fact that he is a great wrestler with a great look and sometimes great presentation, stuck in C-level comedy act, f- hanging out with a bunch of losers and, 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 and hanging out with doofs who can't even wrestle on their own, yet he's the number two contender in the company. So for me, I thought, 
what this presentation they're doing with him right now, not enjoying the fake alcoholism or whatever the sad cowboy crap he was doing, not enjoying him hanging out with exclusively with, you know what? Sure. They're fun guys, but they're presented as the lovable losers, the dark order. So uh, I said, I'm not digging this right now. I want more from Adam Page because I know the guy can deliver. And as it was, me and Elio went delete on it. And the fans, of course, 100% disagreed with us. But I think sometimes fans aren't really seeing what we're talking about here. You know, we're not, I get it, man. Adam Page could be the guy who should be the world champion. But I'm just saying, stop right now and look what he's doing. Is, is this what you want your world champion? Hanging out with 10? <laughs> Negative one or whatever the hell that kid's name is? Like, seriously? Is that what you want out of a world champion? So I, I, I don't know, Andy. I can let you percolate on that one, or, or you can weigh in on it. But uh, Adam yeah, Page no. is a struggle for me. I, again, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll probably have to agree with you. And even going back to, you know, I just said about MJF and what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the same can be said for Adam Page. I mean, six, eight months ago, we were, we were speculating like, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, Kenny Omega is going to win the title and then Adam Page is going to be the, the contender because of the way this is going to go down. And, and, you know, he's just going to, you know, we run nonstop and have all this momentum. And you're right. Like he, to me, he's kind of lost in the shuffle kind of in almost like angle purgatory because mm-hmm. he's not really doing anything. And, for for the potential and what he can be i mean i get okay we only have so much tv time and uh you know we can only do so much but he was one of the guys that they seem to be pretty invested in early on yes and uh yeah he's he's cooled right off and and don't bear in mind he was the first guy to fight for the the belt when it was crowned he fought chris jericho in the very first title match for that belt you know, yeah. he was the he was the other contender for it. Now today, I would be pretty. I, they say he's the number two contender, but if he showed up next week as getting, and they said, oh, him, he's getting his shot now against Omega. I'm having a hard time buying that they're going anywhere with this guy. Yeah, it's it's it's. I just don't see it. You know, I on the flip side of it though, they pulled the same crap with Kenny Omega, where they made him just look like a nobody. And then they just turned up the heat a thousand degrees and, and steamrolled us with this new character. So let's hope that's going to happen. But we've also seen guys like Lance Archer and other guys who presented hot at the beginning and just fell off the face of the earth. Just about anybody. Yeah. No, I, unfortunately, I, I agree with you. All righty. Well, you know what? Uh, let's move on to our hot topic of the week. And our hot topic of the week, it ties in with one of the matches that came on here today. And I don't want to actually talk about the actual match. I want to talk about our feelings of what we saw from Brock Anderson when he came out. And and, and we're talking just exclusively what you saw of Brock Anderson. And I'll go first to start it off. Um, I felt it was interesting, yet underwhelming. I felt his presence isn't there yet. He's he's uh, he's got a weird shape. Have you noticed that? He definitely needs much more upper body to what he has. I mean, he has that Anderson from the gut down sort of deal, but he's very pale. He looks like a guy. He looks like your accountant cousin who got off this, who was you know came in for a thing. He kind of looks like an Anderson. Uh, his wrestling I liked. He slowed it down. However, sometimes he really slowed it down. 
And, uh, but that's the kind of thing though, in all for a guy who's first, this is, bear in mind, this is his first match, let alone like his first match on dynamite. This is his first match. And I'm going to say that I see a potential in him for sure. You know, he definitely, uh, he's right now, he's by no means a superstar, you know, but I'm going to say, this is a guy I think, you know, get a bunch of solid um, dark matches in, maybe have him on the other show, a uh, little more training, definitely needs a tan and uh, a lot more upper body work. Um, I say that this guy, it impressed me enough for, for a guy who just came out of nowhere and he didn't even wrestle in the Indies. I mean, he, this is a guy solely trained by uh, Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes and probably QT Marshall. Forget the storylines there for a second. Um, the whole thing coming out of the Monster Factory. Yeah, I'm going to say, or Nightmare Factory, sorry. I'm going to have to say that uh, I wasn't over exuberated, but I thought he did pretty darn good for a brand new guy. Anyone else want to weigh in on this? Elio, do you want to go? I, 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 th- I think he, I think he did. Uh, I think he did fine. Um, yeah. Um, but being this is his first match, I think he, yeah, he should uh, go to dark elevation, um, get some wins, get like some in-ring work, and get some practice. Get some seasoning, boy. Like, just like, yeah. Um, yeah. isn't isn't right name? It's another one that they just uh, put on. Uh, yeah, there's another guy who like, needs yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> they just threw him on dark in his first, in his first match. And uh, yeah. yeah. Wait, are you saying that sometimes AEW may have the habit of throwing anything against the wall and hopefully it's going to be <laughs> No, I don't see that at all. What? Where did you get that? Andy, <laughs> overall impression after uh, Brock Anderson match of him? Definitely, definitely green. Uh, yeah, need, needs more experience. I, I think, you know, and there's not too much that I'll, I'll disagree with with what you said. Uh, the one thing that he has going against him, I was kind of waiting to see if either you're going to mention, it's just, the, you know, I think the expectations are so high because he's in Anderson. Right. And, you know, it's like if we took Elio and say, okay, Elio, we're going to put you in, you know, we, we do some training with Elio, we put him in the ring and be like, oh, yeah, well, he's not bad, but he's like really green and it was slow. And, and, and it's like the expectation won't be as high because it's just like, oh, well, this is just some guy. Mm-hmm. But this is the son of Arn Anderson. And so I think everyone's like, oh, well, if he trained with, if he's, you know, he's got the pedigree and he's trained by Arn, he's trained by Cody. Well, he should be, you know, there could be something to be said for maybe they should have held him off and, you know, had him work more dark matches, work more, mm-hmm. just work more, just, you know, more experience. Maybe they should have put him under a hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. If you think back when WWE brought in, uh, uh, What's the kid's name? Uh, Curtis Axel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt uh, Henning's kid. Kurt Henning's mm-hmm. kid, yeah. Right? I mean, it was, you know, the, the expectation is, oh, well, that's Kurt Henning's kid. So automatically, you know, you bring in him versus just another guy that's with limited experience. There's going to be a lot more pressure. There's going to be, you know, you're going to be under a, 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 you know, a much stronger microscope mm-hmm. being the son of a legend. And, and I think that's hopefully that's something that Brock Anderson can uh navigate and work around because mm-hmm. he's going to have that microscope on him and that pressure is going to be on him to be like hey your dad's one of the best in the business 
you know, we just, we got to remember, well, <laughs> yeah, hey, we got to remember, it's like, well, Arn didn't become, you know, one of the best in the business overnight and, no. and neither will he. So just, I think people need to keep that in mind. So it'll be, you know what, it'll be interesting to see, see what happens. We all have our, you know, when you step in the ring, everybody has a first match. Uh, you know, that probably made my, my first match probably made his look like a five-star match. So who am I to critique? Wait, your match? Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? You did say something very key here, and I want to amend what I would have said too, because you were right about one thing, uh, very much so. You know what? I get the fact you want to throw him on, have you know Brock's big debut. I get that, right? But why not put him in a mask or a hood? Why not get him a whole bunch of training so nobody really knows who he is, so that when he finally comes out in this match as himself, the dude has wrestled, you know, some stuff. He knows some things. I think that would have been a lot more impressive. I mean, we saw him squeak by. We saw uh, Cody carry that match quite a bit. Um, overall, yeah, he's got potential. But if I wanted to say, was this a great Brock Anderson debut? No. No, it wasn't. Because he just looked like a guy who was carried along with potential. Had he been seasoned and trained a lot more with a hood or a mask and, and gotten the opportunity to get a lot of work under him, he could have came off with his name debut and been like, whoa that dude is going to be like his dad. So I get that. So, Hey, what is, what exactly is the relationship with you and Brock? Is he like a nephew, far cousin? Uh, it's like a far cousin once or twice removed. Fair Depends enough. on what day of the week it is. Yeah. Yeah. I know Wednesdays are the worst anyhow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> folks, we're going to uh, head off to a uh, commercial break before we do. Elio, can you please tell the good people where they can write to us? Should they be inclined to write to us, to ask questions, to make comments, to anything like that? They can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram at Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent. And now, if uh, if people are wondering how many different kinds of shows that you can find here, there are a lot of shows besides the one you're listening to. We are WPOV Global. You'll find us uh, every Thursday where we cover AEW Dynamite. We talk a bunch of crap, act like we know lots of stuff, but we have a lot of fun. And we, we try and dig in the questions actually a little bit deeper than just what you get in the wrestling. We try and look to what's really coming up. What does this mean? Where could this go? And is it really working? Those are the kind of things we look at here on Global. Like I said, find us every Thursday. There's also our sister show, WPOV Wrestling, featuring Tony Diaz, the $50 man, Clay Cummings, and everyone's favorite friend, Rick <laughs> Serrano, man that mother effer cheats, the third. You can find those guys on WPOV Wrestling. It comes out every Saturday night. They cover everything to do with the WWE. They cover all the shows, SmackDown, Raw, NXT. I believe they even have, a, whatchamacallit, don't they have a British correspondence covering the UK yep. uh, NXT? Um, I think they might have, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not even going to say anything to get myself in trouble. Let's just say that there's a lot of <laughs> WWE stuff going on there. They're a fun show too. They, they, they're full of uh, crazy things going on there's the five second shuffle there's the news of around the world birthdays they actually have a pretty fun show guys and uh, it's it's a good it's a hoot i listen to it every week i don't have to but i do i enjoy it uh we also have uh, after every pay-per-view we have something called wpov math aftermath 
And uh, Aftermath is dedicated to just talking to whatever WWE uh, pay-per-view. Sometimes it could be any of the six hosts from the shows going on there, whoever's available. Uh, I've only been managed to get on one or two because I have time constraints. I know Andy's only been on one. Elio's been on probably every single one of them. <laughs> no, I've missed a couple. Oh, have you? Okay. I know that that traitorous Rick has been on every one of them. But anyhow, um, check that show out. And then we have a, sh- a fun little project we do here called WPOB Quarantine. It's our YouTube-based Zoom show where you have me, Andy, and Elio. We get on all different kinds of guests. We've had on uh, legends. We've had on young wrestlers. We've had on journalists, authors, all kinds of guys. We talk about different topics. Sometimes we talk history. Sometimes we we talk about uh, fun things. And we talk about a lot of philosophy and the way wrestling is going, where it came from and where it's headed and what maybe tomorrow can hold for it. So if you want a really fun discussion with wrestling, I know then after you hear this one, one of the episodes we have coming up uh, featured Rip Rogers who uh, we talk some really in-depth stuff about developing wrestling, you know? So uh, And that yeah. one's definitely a not suitable for work uh, watching. <laughs> yes. That one we earned, uh, Rip earned us a, a bigger E for uh, yeah. adult entertainment on this one. Okay. Uh, that man has a very large vocab- vocabulary. Unfortunately, very colorful. Most it, very colorful. Most of it can be found in the Urban Dictionary, however. So uh, be forewarned. You'll find all these different shows that we have. You can find us on so many platforms. There is Facebook, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, uh, Podbean. Podbean. Oh, I always forget the Podbean. Uh, and you can also find us on YouTube. So check us out. Check out all those shows. This is the part of the program where I usually bring in a co-host, a special host, a special someone. This person will do probably one of the most important things for us ever. They will hawk t-shirts because, man, it is not for free to run this show. So this week, I went high, and then I went low. And I was like, where oh, no. am I going to find a co-host? Like, where am I going to find anyone? I, did I Do I go back? Because, you know, it seems like a lot of the legends are dying. I'm not finding a lot of people. Um, and I could not find a legend. So... I'm sorry, Andy, this week, I am just going to get you to hawk a t-shirt. You're a legend in the global community and the global hearts, but... uh, And and I'm I'm a Canadian legend in my own mind. Yes, Boris loves you. (laughs) (laughs) So tell the people about the fine t-shirts we have. Oh, it's been so long. From what I can recall, though, uh, if you're interested in purchasing one of the fine, fine t-shirts that we have available... Uh, that uh, represent the uh, Wrestling POV Network and the Wrestling POV community, please, please check out ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Wrestling POV. There is, I believe, is it four shirts or five shirts? Five. Five, count them. One, two, three, four, five. In the tribute and the honor of King Kong Bundy. Uh, go check out one of our five T-shirts. They're available for $19.95 each, plus shipping and handling. Uh, sometimes if you check around, Pro Wrestling Tees has, a, has some deals on, and sometimes they give 10% off or 20% off or some free shipping within the continental U.S. for all our U.S. listeners. So there's five shirts. Uh, take your pick. It'll make you cooler than you already are. And uh, we'd love to – you know what? Get one of the T-shirts. Get two of the T-shirts. Put one on yourself, put one on your dog, put one on your girlfriend. Hopefully your girlfriend's not your dog and uh, send them in to us and we'll, we'll put them up on our sites. All right. 
Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Andy. Great job this week. You know what, folks? We are now going to go take a quick little break. After that hiatus, we're getting into some AEW. Say it. Dynamite! Hello, this is the top guy, Griffin McCoy, representing Young, Dumb, and Broke, and you're watching WPOV Global. Hey, folks, we are back. You know, time, it's time to get serious. We got the extra caffeinated Diet Coke. We've got some Hostess cupcakes. It's time to get down to some goddamn dynamite. Dynamite! All right. Now, we open the show with part of me going, what the hell am I seeing here? We are. We open the show with a MMA kind of looking cage, but it's not an octagon because I don't know if you guys know this, but the UFC owns the eight-sided shape thing, so you you can't have oh. the exact octagon. You know, you could fight other kind of rings, which they did. They set up a ring. It must have been a six-sided. I wonder if TNA was wondering where their six-sided thing went. That, that's probably it. I bet you Don Callis ripped it off. Anyhow, uh, so what we have here is we have uh, Jake Hager and Wardlow fighting each other in an MMA style match, okay? Um, I, my notes on here, uh, the opening looked cool. Very authentic looking. They both came down. Hager's wearing exactly what he would wear uh, when he fights. He's got the advertising on. The lights are great. The referee, I don't know if you guys noticed, but she was actually dressed as an MMA official, not as a as a AEW referee. She had the gloves. She had the black thing. Everything looked very reminiscent. They came out. They looked like they, they were doing a real fight. Wardlow, MMA. Yeah, except Wardlow wearing a singlet was a little ridiculous, but I guess, okay, whatever. Um, so I was watching it. It looked cool. I didn't mind what was going on. Um, I grew up watching uh, Pancras. Uh, what was the other company? Pride. Uh, Pride, which were worked MMA style wrestling hybrid matches. And, you know, watching New Japan, we've seen some of this sort of stuff before, too. Um, you just don't go too crazy either way. You don't go too wrestling. You don't go too MMA. Uh, because let's face it. As much as some wrestlers can make some punches look real, look okay, you can't get wrestlers to do real MMA looking things. It, it looks kind of, nobody can, re, they're not really trained to fight like that. And it's a struggle. Um, the one thing I'm going to give a big thumbs down to is in the middle of the match, uh, Wardlow jumping up and giving a hurricanrana in the middle of this match was absolutely the stupidest thing that I think was possible. Um, I would like to point out at the end of the match, the big hesitation with Wardlow, after Wardlow gets choked out, uh, he passes out, they stop the match, which was so funny too, if you listen to the commentary, JR not really knowing how to describe anything that's going on. And then the first thing he says is, he didn't even tap. And then they, they remind him, well, it was a referee stoppage. And then he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like he was like, just trying to roll with the punches a little too late. But uh, so at the end, there's this kind of moment where Jake Hager goes over and kind of gives the fist bump to Wardlow. Wardlow has this sort of hesitation, goes to do it. And as he does it, Sean Spears runs in, ambushes uh, Hager. Uh, out comes um, uh, Chris Jericho, who's on the thing. No, out comes Chris Jericho. Okay. He's and trying to pull them off. Uh, MJF comes in when they got uh, Jericho down and he mm -hmm. starts putting arm bars and stuff on his hurt, uh, on his hurt elbow. Uh, this leads to, uh, I just find this weird how you, they give you information sometimes just out of nowhere. 
Okay. And I mean, we saw Dean Malenko a few times backstage at some stuff. We see him talking to Jericho. He comes off, pulls off MJF. MJF threatens to hit him. The referees are, are like the commentators are going on about, oh man, he's a 60 year old man who has Parkinson. Where that came from just is a whole new I, thing to me. Uh, and then, so of course, MJF has to punch him. And, uh, and they're going, oh my God, he's punched down a man suffering with Parkinson and all that. And I'm just like, just the way that was presented, it was almost just like you could have made that up. Like, you know, like, <laughs> oh no, I made fun of Andy Anderson. He has Parkinson's, you know, like what? That's never come up ever. And now I'm trying to get some cheap heat on me and sympathy yeah. for, for Andy. I, I found that a really a little ridiculous. Uh, in the end, I don't know. Elio, did, did this make MJF seem like, did, did this come off even as real to you or? No, see, that's that, that, that's why this this was like one of my low lights of the show because like, okay. Uh, see, Go right into it. Tell me what you thought of this match. Was I, I, started, I started, I started, I started on watching UFC like late. Like I didn't really start from the beginning. So that's why like for this, for me, this was a low point because uh, where have you ever seen a hurricane run done in MMA? <laughs> And like all that stuff at the end, I just uh, it just seems so forced and like not believable. Okay, now I, I get that. I think in this world that so much MMA is prevalent, but I mean, like I said, growing up to me, this was acceptable. They acted like real scrappers in the beginning. Yeah, there were a few questionable things. A lot of the punching looked really ridiculous. It looked too wrestling as opposed to what they were trying to do, but. All in all, I didn't really have a problem with it. Uh, I thought the ending, however, just sucked. The, the MJF thing was, once again, here is he going to do it? Is he wrestling next week? I don't think so. So once again, he does some kind of cheeky See, thing. This perfect example of why he's in the elite. The elite. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Andy, Andy do you want to comment on this one? I have an issue as to, you know, and again, not been seeing as much lately. Why did they need to do this MMA style match? First of all, you know, like to me, that almost seems like more like a, a blow off or near a, near near the end of a feud, and it didn't do anything for Wardlow. No, you, know, you could say, oh well, he lost to Jake Hager, and, and he's like a legit MMA guy. Okay, what's well, but it didn't do anything for him, and then, to me, in an attempt to you know, it's like okay, well, babyface goes over, so we gotta get the heels, get some heat afterwards. But yeah, like the stuff with MJF, like, and it's like you said, it's it's so forced in the okay well it's a 60 year old man and he's got parkinson's that's evil that you know that's basically holding up a side saying you know he's helpless oh no he's hitting a helpless man and it's just i don't it just it, yeah it uh again like to me like it comes to way that's like oh yeah well here's like another week where you know, I, I, it's another wasted week of the pinnacle not really getting heat or showing why they're the pinnacle. Like, to mm -hmm. me, you know, and again, I, you know, I, I, I hate playing fantasy booker, especially if I end up getting a turd award. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like, man, it wouldn't have been more heat if somehow they cheated. They, they helped Wardlow cheat so that Jake Hager loses like maybe that's the uh you know the old school we got the towel with the chloroform or something it knocks out jake yeah. hager or you, you 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 know you gimmick something up or or something like but just it's like okay well yeah well he beat a 
big tough guy that's not really an MMA guy. So that that's pretty cool. Okay. So it's just, yeah, I I don't know if it's trying too hard or maybe my 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 mindset. You know, we talk about kind of being more of like an older school mentality, but it just mm-hmm. it, it's to me like it, it's it's just kind of treading along with the pinnacle in the inner circle. And this doesn't yeah. really do anything to, to further, like, it, you know, you could say, Oh, well, it's, it's like, it's, it's drawing things out. It doesn't mean that's good though. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think one of the two things really quick, what do you guys think of this? And I don't know, at first I wasn't sure how to take it, but I found it very annoying uh, this week, especially when, when MJF does his usual shtick, then he does this thing where he stops like he's shocked at what he's done and then he stops and just starts going you know he starts smiling like yeah i i just i don't find that i don't know it it just doesn't work for me i don't know it doesn't make him seem any more legitimately evil or it doesn't make me i don't know am i supposed to believe he's so evil at times he gets wrapped up in what he's done like I don't get it. I don't buy that facial thing. It really bothers me because it's his trademark now. And it doesn't read to me. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It doesn't make me hate him anymore. It do, it almost makes me think he's acting like he's acting all the time and trying to be different. I don't like that. I don't like that. I think that's a, sorry, I think that's a really good way to put, I don't know if it's just MJF, but maybe there's, there's a few of them, but, but definitely, mm-hmm. but yeah. They're acting like I think even Jericho can be guilty of that sometimes. Oh, he's pretty bad at that. Yeah, I'm acting that. acting like he's acting. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, soon as I had typed this down, because I'm a few, I'm slow at typing. Okay, the match is already over, and I'm typing notes. Right, and uh, soon as I wrote Wardlow hesitation that I saw, the announcers hit it over the head bluntly. Did you see the hesitation? And I'm like, okay, so it did serve the purpose of reminding us because remember wasn't it just a while ago where Wardlow was wanting to kill MJF and then he was reminded that he I own your contract and your family blah 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 yeah and then they acted like nothing ever happened again that never came up again and this was like a a brick in the face to remind us (laughs) that maybe Wardlow isn't such a bad guy I don't know but it was very unsubtle to I don't mind the commentators pointing stuff out which is their job yeah but when you hear them yammering and yammering about a little point you know that it's a talking point they were told to hammer home so i guess we're going to expect wardlow eventually to somehow turn on mjf so i guess that's that's an interesting thing um we move over next to a promo which i gotta say very surprised with uh kaz delivered a very intense realistic promo I laugh when I see wrestlers do promos where they try and quote Bible stuff. And um, it always comes off. And I brought this up last week. Uh, I don't know how many, and you, I know you've heard this, Andy. How many times did uh, there would be one wrestler at a wrestling show, at least every wrestling show for like the last two years, there's one wrestler who will say the devil's greatest trick was convincing everyone that he wasn't real. You've yeah. You see the look on your face. You've heard that, right? Yeah. A lot of times, it comes off so phony and stupid. And a lot of times when guys try and quote Bible stuff or try to drag that kind of thing in there, it comes across as pretty flat or like the guys, once again, reading his lines, right? Uh, I got to say, Kaz delivered this pretty damn interesting. Um, it was one of the few times where Eddie Kingston, who did the backup part of it, almost blew it all. 
his delivery of his things just kind of cheapened. I would have loved it if they had just, Kaz had said his promo and everyone nodded and they left the ring, right? But then Eddie trying to expound on it, but the way he said it came out pretty much like the devil thing, you know, like it was, it kind of blew it for me on that. Uh, and Penta, just shut up. I mean, I get it. You have a cool phrase, but goddamn, man, I don't need to hear fucking Miro, Zero, whatever shit, 300 times a fucking episode you're on. It loses any meaning when you're just constantly doing it. Ugh. Sorry, I like the guy, but do you even have to do it in your interviews if you're doing it three times a match? Okay, sorry, I'm off the box. <laughs> uh, and speaking about uh, strange ass uh, promos, boy, for a guy, for Taz, for a guy who knows how to speak, boy, his team promos are shit. I mean, this was ridiculous. They start off, whoa, whoa, let's not, okay, you guys are gonna have to calm down there, Ricky, you know, you and Cage, you gotta get your stuff on the sink. Yes. Come on, Taz. If there's a hole in the boat, you don't stick your finger in the one tiny hole and watch all the water floating around you. You look like an idiot. It's kind of bait. It was it was pretty bad. And uh, boy, what's what's the guy? Powerhouse Hobbs, dude. Yeah. Get a dentist, man. You you look like a Frankenstein. <laughs> you know, you got this kind of like this teeth thing going on. All right. Next, we move to uh, once again strange storytelling. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page against Darby Allen in a, such a bad setup. Like, I wish you'd been here, Andy, as we were talking about uh, the setup for this. Because, I mean, last week's setup for this match was basically we had like two weeks to go. Um, you have Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Uh, oh, Dar Darby, you never would have won that match if it hadn't been for Sting. Yeah, we want you to find another partner and we'll take you on. And it's just like, let me get this straight. You guys are a legitimate tag team. And you're complaining that you lost to this team, but you'd beat the one dude if he went and found someone who he didn't really tag with. Okay, first there, you look like morons, but okay. But then it gets even stupider because not only does Darby Allen tell Sting to stay away, he decides, no, no, that was it too. How did that work? They somehow coaxed him and got him into a, what do you call it? Like a, a handicap match. And instead of him being the superhero and making himself look good by saying, I'll take these two jerks on, they kind of maneuvered it around where it kind of like he had to accept the fact he was taking these two jerks on. So such a blown opportunity for this setup here. It didn't make Darby look like a bigger hero. It looked like, whoa, man, this guy's got to take two guys on. Not like he's mad. He's going to get some ass kicking, you know, like, yeah, didn't like that presentation. Um, what the hell is men of the year? They keep coming out and calling themselves. What does this even mean? Did, did you guys know? Men of the year. Um, they call themselves the men of the year. Ethan Allen and uh, Scorpio Sky, or Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. What is men of the year? Did I miss something along the ways? I've been away on assignment, so I got nothing. I must it. admit, I must miss that part. Yeah, all of a sudden they're talking to them like they are. That this is the name of their thing. Does it mean something? Do they just call themselves that? Is, is this their team name? I don't know. Guys, you got to actually win some big matches to be the men of anything. So whatever. Um, this match for what it you would expect from a Darby Allen match was kind of there. There was nothing spectacular about it. Um, it was interesting when Darby uh, took out the zip ties and zip tied Ethan Page's legs together and threw him out of the ring. So he had a few minutes where he could go after Scorpio. That that was interesting. Uh, but he recovered pretty damn quick. Cut those things. I love how there's nothing under rings, but then whenever you really need it, there's a, a, a toolbox with just about like every tool you could possibly need. 
there when you need it in a match. So he cuts himself out, gets up, and they kill Darby. So I'm like, what was the point of this? I mean, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but as a big villain, right? Is it really a big talking point that you and your buddy beat up a 150-pound dude that it took the two of you to do this? Is this something worth bragging about? As a heel, yes. You're still going to fight. Honestly, it is because I, to, they, to me, that's that's the thing where it's like, you know, on a, on a very simple level, yeah, well, yeah, we kicked Darby Allen's ass. We did this and this. Mm-hmm. And then you come, you know, and you feel as a heel, you're, you're justified and you're believing in what you did. And then you have someone like, you know, like, like you'll be like, yeah, but it took two of you and he's 150 pounds. Yeah. Well, that doesn't matter, but that doesn't matter. It's, it, you know, it, it's, to me, it, it's pretty textbook heel stuff. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see kind of where they go from that. Like, I totally understand what you're saying, but, mm-hmm. like, but that's kind of the rationale though, right? It's like, you know, that, that's how you deflate it is. Well, yeah, but it took two of you guys to beat one guy and, and he's like a buck 50 soaking wet. Well, yeah, but we kicked his ass and we did this and we, you know, we made him go cry back to his mama and he's never going to come around again. And okay. you know, that, that type of stuff. So that, okay. that's how, that's, that's how I'll give it to him. All right. All right. Um, like I said, though, match wasn't really that interesting, which is kind of the, I'm going to say the theme of this show. It was all middle of the road stuff. Nothing can make you really mad, but at the same time, nothing was spectacularly interesting either. We'll get I, I will, I, I will yeah. say this though i mean nine times out of ten with those type of matches let's be honest the baby face almost always finds a way to win yeah you know, it doesn't it doesn't happen very often that the heels went over which uh makes me chuckle and and, and i am granted i'm not a darby allen fan and i'm, and I'm not going to say this and i'm not saying this for that reason mm-hmm. but i'm kind of interested now to see what they do with this just because of the fact that these heels actually won okay i i'm kind of on the, the flip side of like oh god now we have to see more of this because i just was not impressed with that i i want them to be a team that succeeds yeah but they should be out fighting teams yeah <laughs> like screw darby allen go out and try and get yourself into contention for some belts idiots like i don't want to see them continue with darby allen you know and not a, a knock on darby allen i want to see darby allen doing other things too I just don't, I think this is an ill-fitting feud that it really took the heat out of it that they lost to Sting and Darby the first match clean. You know, maybe you could have got more legs out of it had they cheated out a win, but it doesn't make them look like anything credible right now. And so that's it. Sometimes I don't get AEW's booking because a lot of times we get this kind of deal where we're like, okay, the pinnacle has lost a gazillion times. Why are we still caring that they come on next week to fight Jericho again? Like, Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we're too old, Andy. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Orange Cassidy versus Caesar Bononi. Now, all of a sudden, we got another faction with a name. They're called the Wingmen. I've never heard of these guys either. The Wingmen. They know the explanation yeah. what the Wingmen is. Ryan Damon, Peter Avalon, and freaking Caesar Bononi. I mean, shouldn't these be, these guys shouldn't be the job squad? I mean, these are the losers who lose every time. If, if they were the job squad, we'd be, we'd be getting on them for not having an original name. True. original idea no what i mean though they are the job squad these yeah. guys never win these are dudes peter avalon come on he couldn't even beat leva bates i mean <laughs> you know like he is he's per he's perpetually booked 
to lose because he, he's one of the teachers. It's his was, job to just go over and, and push his people. Yeah. He was you terrible in, in impact. I mean, the only guy who, I don't know, the, the Nemeth guy, I'm not sold on at all, guys. I'm no. sorry. Uh, however, the other dude, the kind of thick looking dude with the short hair, yeah. maybe, maybe. But oh man, Caesar Benoni, if this guy wasn't as tall as he was, he wouldn't even be parking cars for the wrestlers at AEW. This guy is shit. I mean, and we could stop and go, oh well, he's he's young. He he he's got he hasn't been around a long. He was in the NXT system for six years before they cut him. Mm-hmm. This is how badly he wrestles. Wow. Um, there was one time in the smash, did you catch it, Andy, where he he was out of position and he literally stepped over two feet to allow Orange to get beside him and do the move. And I was like, dude, that's like pra- that's like that one we saw that time on AW Dark where they they stopped the camera and the guy, and I, I believe it even was Caesar Bernoni, actually helped the guy up and turned around and they redid the move. <laughs> I was just like, God damn, that is terrible, guys. That's some terrible crap. The Caesar Bernoni guy, he should, I mean, look at his size, right? Yeah. He should be a lot better. But he's extremely awkward. He's there's no fluidity to him. He looks like a big dummy who they just threw in there because of his size and doesn't. He's not going anywhere. The wingman, uh, that's that's probably the best he's going to get. Going to crash and burn. Yeah, yeah. He's. I don't even think he's going to get up high enough to crash. Um, He's going to be the guy that they're going to. He's going to be the mid-level jobber. Everybody who's mid-level up are going to beat him, and they're all going to go. He's so tall, and he'll do one or two very awkward looking power moves and they'll beat him and they'll be like, Oh, he beat Caesar. Well, you know what? Caesar Bruno is not a shit. So it doesn't matter who he beat. Go be Marco stunt. At least that guy knows how to do a her Karana. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) as much as we make fun. And I'm going to say this as much as I make fun of Marco stunt, this dude, because of his lack of skill, polish and and look, man, I put him on the same level as Marco stunt. Like, I don't want to see this guy. This guy should be on dark jobbing to the dark guys. There you go. Mm You know, uh, don't put him on dynamite. He just, it was such a disservice. I don't know how many times he moved around in the ring, realized he was out of position, uh, very openly moved over a feet or two so Orange could get a move in. It was, uh, and then what was this junk where they were, they throw Orange out and then they spray a tan they're on to do a makeover. And they're doing makeover yeah. mid matches. And it was really ridiculous because Cesar Bernoni had Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like set up the extreme over the top rope when Cassie still had his hands in his pocket when he went over the top rope. <laughs> well, that's his that's his gimmick. I'm gonna say Orange Cassie has really improved as a wrestler to me. I, yeah. I do enjoy his wrestling when he gets going. I wish he'd slow down on some of the stupid uh, hand things. Uh, one of my notes here says um, the be the best friends are the worst friends in the world. Okay, <laughs> worse than Hulk Hogan. Well, you tell me, Andy. Uh, Next week's hot out, topic. What would happen if you, you came out to wrestle and you brought your little entourage of friends, okay? And they're supposed to watch your back and you're fighting a guy who has his little entourage of friends, right? So if your opponent throws you into that entourage and those guys start mugging you on the outside, shouldn't your entourage of friends, or even the good guys here, Shouldn't they run over, help you, or pull you out, or something? Chase. Yeah. Instead, they stood there and watched, and pretty much just shook their fists. And it's like, you guys suck <laughs> ass. You guys are the worst friends in yeah, the world. You think they the would run over and help him, like when they're doing the whole makeover or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They held him down and spray painted him. Well, the well, the BFs just like 
shook their fist. It was so. So maybe do we do we do we put the uh, the best friends in the book? Oh yes, yes. they are okay. Now, okay. The best friends. You guys are the worst friends, and you're also shitty wrestlers. And uh, Chucky, oh my God, go work out or something. If you're gonna dress like that, at least have a muscle somewhere. Ah, you guys. So what do we what do we call this? We're gonna say that uh, the best friends are the worst friends. Yeah. Okay. The best friends are it, the worst. Oh. And then in brackets, worse than Hulk Hogan. Almost. <laughs> No, no we'll put uh, one of those I, symbols. Let's put the symbol where you're not sure, like equal and are they worse? You know, you decide. Hey, Hulk still came out and saved uh, Macho Man when Elizabeth pulled him out. And uh, <laughs> that's I don't know, a terrible that's example. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was. What? I was trying to think of an instant where Hogan came out to make the save. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Best friends, you guys are the worst friends, and I'm not counting you, Chris Dylan. You still have a chance to get away from this horrible sinking ship. Yeah. All right. So, best friends are the worst friends. You just made the book. You know what does scare me about that whole situation, Andy? Did you notice that the T-shirts that the best friends were wearing? They had I these cartoons know. on them, and they said best friends. And the fourth one was a picture of Statlander dressed like uh, an alien. So she's probably in there for a while. I'm just like, oh, God, no. Get out of there. Alrighty. Uh, See, I told you, I don't, I don't like this Chris Statlander in, in that group. I don't like no, no, I don't think any of us did from the get-go. I was like, no, it's, why? it's not a good fit. It, it has no reason or rhyme to it. No. Um, my question, what is the wingman's deal? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. They want to make over people now? Like... Have you looked at yourselves, boys? Half of you are not very attractive. Uh, you nice are not dudes. what I would call a handsome man. <laughs> exactly. Peter Avalon, <laughs> you are not what I would call an attractive man. Oh, God. And here's the question I got for you, Andy. He was, met, he was contending for the uh, world title. Is this where Orange Cassidy is now? Is this what he's going to be now? Is he lower mid-card comedy again? I uh, I would like to say from the get-go that I never believed in that big kind of main event push. And I think that was okay. just a thing just to do it. So I, I, you know what? To me, he he is where he is. That's like a, a, a Santino Morella. Okay. And you, you know, know what? Provide... Sorry, go ahead. Oh no! I just say it's like you know, you know what? You you could put him in the odd like high level main event match, mm -hmm. and it's okay as like a one off, kind of like you know, there's like the point where, uh, what was it? There's like a Hell in a Cell or something. No, not a Hell in a Cell. Uh, Elimination Chamber, right. where Santino almost won the title, and then I think they gave him a, a title match, and you know, it was it was him and Brian, and it was really good, and he had, you know he had a couple of good false finishes, but in the end, it's like yeah, no, it's not happening, and that's kind of how I see this: is you could pull him up. Uh, put him in there for for that yeah, that one off, and it'll it'll look good. It'll come close. It'll get your hopes up, but it's not going to happen. And at the end of the day, he's just going to keep doing his comedy shtick, and that's that's that. And for all you older listeners who are want a translation, what he said is, you can dress a pig up, <laughs> but you can't take it to prom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to go even worse and say it's like giving Otis the win and then really never giving him yeah. the match. <laughs> but I guess he did get the match. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm i starting to be... I'm really thinking... And I, I loved Trent Beretta before all this crap. 
you know, so this saddens me of uh, how bad the best friends are, but really orange Cassidy cut ties with these dudes, man. They're, you're not, you're going to be lower mid card hanging out with these group of losers. Like it's, you know, this is dark order level crap for me. I, I'm sorry. You know? Um, all right. Moving on. We have, uh, we have jungle boy in the back and, and talk about an awkward setup. You knew just the way they set it up. This wasn't going to be an interview. Cause like you had Alex Marvez going, Oh, Oh, Hey, jungle boy, you know, like, and then all of a sudden there's beeping off, off this, uh, little golf cart comes, uh, um, Andy's favorite guy, Don Callis, uh, mm-hmm. running along with uh, Kenny Omega and, oh, believe it or not, Elio's favorite wrestler, uh, Michael Nakazawa. And um, Train was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> they come over, and uh, I didn't mind what Omega, the way his delivery here. Um, he was like, you know, I don't have my jewels, blah, 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 and all this. I didn't mind the way he was, but man, Jungle Boy sure does not give you any excitement when he talks. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you watch him wrestle, you think, yeah, this guy could do something. And then he gets interviewed and you're like, wow, this guy's boring as shit. Um, <laughs> he was pretty much like, yeah, okay, I, I'd rather fight you next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay, and then he did the most macho thing, which was so funny that Omega pointed it out. He goes to put his hair up to fight. <laughs> Just like Sonya Deville's, what was it? Hair up. Hair up, put your hair up and square up or something. Yeah, put yeah. your hair up and square up. He put his hair up and square <laughs> up. Jungle boy, come on, man. Um, the funniest part in the world was to, uh, for me, and this is insider stuff, okay? Insider stuff. For me, I had once made a comment where uh, Don Callis had talked about Kenny Omega fighting street fights in the streets of Winnipeg uh, back in his youth. And so all of a sudden, Kenny Omega's out there saying to Jungle Boy, but look at your pretty face. I can tell you've never been in a street fight. And he's going on and on about this. But I had actually asked Vance Nevada and some of the guys that had trained Kenny Omega how much of a street cred he had. And they said that dude has never been in a street fight himself. So it was kind of funny to hear that, you know, I'm not calling the kettle black here. You know, it was, it was Professional really wrestling. <laughs> yes. So um, it ends up, what is, the, is that Nakazawa? Like, are you so desperate for pay that you're willing to just let them crap on you every week? Because as they were getting away on the thing, Kenny kicks Nakazawa off the thing. I was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got to tell you guys, I don't know what kind of computer Nakazawa has, but it took down Jungle Boy with one <laughs> shot to the back, pretty heavy. I'm pretty sure my if I breathe heavy on this uh, this one I'm using, it will crumble. So I'm not sure where they're <laughs> buying their stuff. But wow, it must be Russian, like Russian-made military-grade computers. But uh, it took Jungle Boy down in one shot. So, so, that's, so that's what happened to the WPOB Global Computer. Yeah. <laughs> we breathed too heavy and it blew up <laughs> well um, you know what it could have been worse because he took one hit with that computer and he went down yeah. if he took a hit from a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire <laughs> I'm sure he would have been up pretty quick especially if it exploded on contact especially if it exploded on contact <laughs> oh brother but then hey it might have been only because Kenny was the one who you know, put the bat together <laughs> Jeez, sorry. Okay. Uh, what'd you guys think? Any thumbs up, thumbs down on this one? I, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. I, uh, yeah, Jungle Boy, it's, to me, <laughs> it, it was reminiscent of if, I don't know if you guys ever watched when WWE did their, uh, the, 
the Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Yes, <laughs> yes. And it was like, you know, some of the baby faces that are trying to be, and all right, we're going to go talk to this new exciting baby face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really happy to be here, and I hope that people are going to come out and watch, and I'm going to give up 110%, <laughs> and you're going to see me win. And that's oh, almost kind of like, yeah, that, that's kind of like Jungle Boy. And it's, it's if you haven't seen oh. it, for our listeners, if you haven't watched the South Park Regional stuff, it's it's pretty Please amusing. Do. So, I, pretty yeah, I would, I would suggest checking it out. But that's kind of how that felt. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, for the most part, I, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I won't even talk about Don Callis, but, but uh, I haven't really been a fan of Kenny's kind of smarmy heel okay. thing. To, you know what? On this particular instant, though, I kind of I kind of dug it. And you know you're talking about the Michael's, Michael Michael uh, Nakazawa thing. To me, that that's funny. It, it's just that's the typical you know movie villain that you you yeah. got your right hand man, and it's like, uh, okay, what are we gonna do? Okay, well you go fight him, and I'm gonna run yeah. away. And that's and that's how I saw that, and I so I, I pop for that. I, I got a kick out of it. No, I, I liked it too. I was just trying to make the point of poor, poor Michael oh, Nakazawa's oh, yeah. got the Absolutely. worst boss in the world. Um, yeah, it was good stuff. I guess that's all I can say. You know, it makes me very sad, Andy, that today me and you could not put our hair up to square up. No. I guess you could put your beard up. Uh, anyhow, I could put all six of my chest hair. I'll, I'll get my beard down to throw down or something. I don't know. Beard down what? to throw down. Love it. Love I don't know. It. I don't know what's going on here. It's not all even right. a rhyme. It's just the same word. Yeah. <laughs> Rap is built on words like that. All right. Now, if... No matter if you were the fan who thought that the Omega thing was dumb, wait a few seconds, because the next oh. promo was incredibly stupid on all senses. First of all, the Hardy family office sure looks like a, a keg room in the back of a restaurant somewhere or the backstage of, oh, Daly's place where maybe they put some equipment. Anyhow, so they're standing by there. He's uh, Hardy's going on. Um, as far as I understood and watched all of this, Christian has not really gone after Hardy at all. Hardy's been the <laughs> no. one that keeps interfering and attacking him. Is this, is it, is this something that Hardy just fabricated in his own mind? It really is. <laughs> and the gentleman's agreement. Um, I do believe in a battle royal, there is no such thing as a gentleman's agreement. Uh, so, okay. of it. And Christian has to be the dumbest man in the world that he could be easily slid into that cage and have it lock like that. What's the word? Him stuck a moron. <laughs> Open up this cage. Oh, uh, which, ooh, that's like a double thing. Open up this cage. Anyway, because Christian Cage. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but how does anyone like. Do you think Christian like is looking at as he's rattling that cage, thinking, "I can't believe I came out of retirement for this." I mean, I guess you get <laughs> no. paid, but wow, this is just the dumbest crap ever. So sick of Matt Hardy. I mean, every week, I'm disliking him more and more. If anyone has Don Callis heat or X Pac heat, for me, it's Matt Hardy now. Yep. He, he doesn't contribute anything. No. It's just like get the fuck off the TV. We had it with your shit. Ugh. Anyone else? Anyone else think this was cool? And does anyone give a shit now that Matt and Christian are going to fight each other? Like, do we even care? I, don't I care. mean, I don't. Do you, any of you guys no. care? No. No. But I don't think the crowd cares. All right. Uh, next, we work on to the, the one of the featured matches. Crody and, Crody, Cody and Brock Anderson fe featuring, and I love how now QT Marshall has everyone calling him QT Marshall. 
which is pretty funny. They actually joked about it quite a bit, the commentators. Uh, Jim Ross kept saying to Tony, you know, don't say it, you're only going to enable him, <laughs> which was funny. And then Tony acting like the battered wife syndrome with, well, as long as I don't say anything, you'll leave me alone. I'm like, what, Tony? What do you mean? He's never even threatened to hit you. Like, don't get it. Okay. Anyhow, uh, so Cody, Brock Anderson taking on QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, who I think when they look at the pictures, when they do those still pictures, he kind of looks like they took Damian Priest and compacted him into a smaller man. He looks like a small man. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, the things I had on here, the match was kind of boring. It uh, slowed down an awful lot of times. Uh, Cody being his obnoxious Cody self, once again. Uh, the only problem I had at the end is I wrote, who gives a fuck? That's, it, it shouldn't be like this. Uh, it wasn't a strong enough to debut that I would have went, yay, Brock Anderson. But at the same time, it was like, are you guys not sick of this um, Cody versus QT side? Like, I mean, they're, they're a bunch of nobodies fighting a bunch of other nobodies. Cody's the only person of any note here, and we're all damn sick of seeing him. So I, I, I'm not getting anything out of this. You guys, anyone? I, I don't have much to add. One thing... No. Uh, you know, we talked about debuts, and, and again, I, I realize the level of inexperience of uh, Brock Anderson, but, and you guys know I'm not a big Jade Cargill fan, but I remember, you know, I mean, seeing her for the first time uh, with the match with uh, Shaq and Cody yeah. and Red Velvet, I remember being more impressed. With just her look. With that, no, no, with that match, with her work mm -hmm. on that match. Okay. Than it was kind of, because I think that was the first time I saw her work. Yeah, and you know that to me was was more impressive than Brock Anderson. And I mean, and again, I'm not a Jade Cargill fan, so. And let's let's face it, um, the Arn Anderson style. I mean, as much as we can put him in this thing of like, oh, he was a horseman, blah blah. He did not have the most exciting style to begin with. I mean, I remember matches back at WCW. Yeah, he'd eventually wear the guy down and stuff, but it was those matches where you sat and watched five minutes of him wrestling. And then he'd have an end move, you know, it wasn't high energy. He wasn't the guy who came out there and had the crowd in his hands. He was a solid hand. He was a superstar because there were three superstars around him and he was their enforcer. So I don't know what they thought we were going to get out of that kind of match because he did wrestle very reminiscent of how his father would wrestle. But that isn't superstar exciting type style of wrestling. That's some good grinder heavy you know cesaro type wrestling you know what i mean yeah. where you you know the guy can go but you know he's never going to be the world champion sort of deal well so. but but even just that saying it's like cesaro like that type of style mm -hmm. but that's the thing we know right now that that's not what brock anderson is right. and again that goes back to earlier in the show when i talked about okay well already he's under the microscope because he's brock anderson and mm -hmm. it's like well you're yeah you're definitely not Arn anderson and you're definitely not cesaro so it's it, it, it's 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 just a very tough position like i feel for him yeah no no i feel for him too i think this was way too soon for him this they should have really held this back um okay i talk about mjf being just a noisy thing that you wonder the relevance. what about um archer i mean lance archer just once again does a stupid thing where he's screaming throwing things in the background jake's mumbling something out and it's just like wow i'm i'm I, this guy, I should be impressed with Archer. And the more and more that the, he does this and you don't see anything is more, 
Wow. It is just flat. I, I'm not digging it. Does this make you want to see Archer, Andy? No. How about you, Elio? Do you, does this make the, you the, this primed up good. to see him? No, no it was not good. good. And I'm sorry. I love Jake Roberts, but maybe it's time to separate these two because neither of them are doing anything for the other. It is not any kind of good partnership here that is working on any levels. Um, now here's one interesting, um, Andrade comes out with the whole JR sit down interview thing. Um, he's got a really cool look. Um, I don't get why you put lots of rings on and then put gloves over them. I, I didn't understand that. Um, I've seen him do that like a couple weeks. Is I don't know if that's a big cartel Mexican thing because it seems like what he's trying to portray, right? Like he's some kind of Mexican yeah. drug lord without the drugs or something, you know. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna have to say, I I didn't get a lot out of this sit down interview. Not enough exciting. Um, maybe it's because we should see him wrestle a bit more before they do this kind of thing. Because to me, he's just a Spanish guy who struggling with his English they had to put subtitles in all his English words yeah and then he broke into Mexican in the middle of it and then I'm like ah uh, okay <laughs> we've never seen him wrestle here under these auspices so if I'm the casual fan who doesn't watch the WWE at all I have no clue who this dude really is he's a dude dressed with some really nice clothes with a cool haircut uh sipping bourbon that could be heck. Me and Andy could do that. You know, he wants the free bourbon in a, a suit, and you know we could do that. Elio could pull that off. I mean, sure. I I don't know. Did you guys? Did you? Am I just being too harsh here? Did Did I miss something? Are you, any of you guys get anything more out of it than I did? I I didn't understand that. I didn't take anything out of this one. To me, it, was I, just, it just felt like another sit down interview. Okay. Yeah. Is if if they're trying to recapture. Like, you know, in the past, like, uh, and, you know, maybe part of it was just different time, um, the way angles were presented, the way the characters were. But, you know, you, you think back to some of the, the JR sit downs, like with Mick Foley or Kane or Stone Cold or The Rock. And, and those were strong, impactful segments. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and maybe it's due in part to, you know, those characters. It just doesn't have the same punch. And uh, it's like to what Elio said, it was more of just, it was just like an interview. It just happened with JR then like, oh, well, you know, this big, this big sit down with JR and we had something dramatic come out or there was some, uh, some, you know, major character development. It's just, it's just not there. Yeah. Um, and let's face it. Uh, I, you know, the, the, the law of diminishing returns, right? I mean, at one time, the JR sit-down interview was something special. Um, this just didn't even come off as anything. Even JR didn't look like he was uh, all that keen about being there, you know? Um, I find that a bit... Maybe this is something that needs to go away for a while. And then maybe when somebody who does something where everybody needs to know what that guy's about, you bring that shtick back. But it just it came off pretty flat for me, and that's too bad because... I really hope the best for Andrade. I know him from NXT. The man is very talented. I know him back in his days with uh, uh, CMLL. And uh, he can do a lot. So I'm hoping that we'll see it. But what a bad feeling, especially being linked up with uh, Vicky Guerrero. Um, I don't, she is at best mid-level stuff, you know. I don't see him going to the top. You know, I would have loved they've used Penta's manager. Yeah, that guy have been a lot cooler? All right. 
Uh, which, yeah, we'll get to that. Why they still have him hanging out with Penta if he doesn't talk anymore. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go, guys. This is my greatest example of what I was talking about last week in Elite Delete. Adam Page giving just a terrible promo, hanging out with the, uh, with Dark, the Dark Order. Order in the back. You know, uh, They're asking him serious questions. He wants to talk about John Silver's arm being better. Oh, 10 gave a great match. Ooh, so-and-so's jacket looks cool. Like he was, It really looked like he was digging at the end to take any spotlight off him, which yeah. intrigued me a tiny bit because I wrote down, he really dodged the question about the championship. But as I'm typing that and they've clicked away, they hit us over the head with, wow, you sure dodged the question. So I'm like, okay, that was no subtle nod there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please, Adam Page, you are so much better than this. You got to throw this direct off you. This is not good. It's, it's, it's making you look like lower mid-level guy. You should be. You're the number two contender. Boy, you sure don't look or feel like the number two contender in this company right now. Um, next, uh, I wrote down on my notes for this. Penelope Ford submitting uh, Julie Hart, Julia Hart. I wrote down pretty girls in a pretty ugly match because boy, this was not a good match. Um, I think just watching it, I, I couldn't help but think is this should be dark. This would be great for them to be on dark. They have so many other girls who are a little more seasoned. Um, I don't think it would have been bad had you put either of these girls in with a girl on a higher level that yeah, they could have yeah. worked with. But they're both, like Penelope Ford barely wrestles. Julia Hart's 19 years old. She's only been on wrestling for like three months. Um, you really think this is a good idea, no matter how attractive they are, to throw that ugly of a match on there? Because, boy, they just struggled so hard in this. You could just see them trying to do things, like exceeding what they could actually do. Um, I just felt bad for them after a while. And I felt this was the fault of the bookers because – they should not have been fighting each other, especially maybe on Dark, but they should not have been fighting each other on Dynamite. Uh, Andy, what did you get out of this match? Uh, I mean, I didn't take notes. I, you know, I don't, it doesn't stick out of my head as being as ugly as you said it was. I think I remember being more impressed with Penelope Ford. Mm, yeah, because um, we've seen her do some horrendous shit in there. Yeah, <laughs> At least she so, didn't fall over. So, so she was, she, yeah, that, that she was doing all right, but otherwise it doesn't, it doesn't really stand out for me. I'm okay. not going to say too much more. Uh, anything you want to throw in there, Elliot? No, for me, it was uh, just, okay, nothing really stood off to me. But, yeah, Julia Hart, uh, like you said, she's 19 years old. So she needs uh, more work, a lot of work. She should be on dark. And did you notice she was doing a hell of a lot of cheerleader stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know, the stuff that doesn't really work in wrestling? You know? <laughs> well, it's great you can do all those flips, but you don't do anything into the flip. You just do a few flips yeah. and, then, and then go and That's wrestle. Send her to dark to get, like, a... Uh, more experience and then yeah. the one the one thing i don't sorry go ahead Andy. oh no i was just gonna say you know like if you're gonna if you want to have her on dynamite on tv just have her you know seconding uh varsity blondes yeah that's it and then let her let her work and then cut her chops on and dark and, and other stuff like that um next um the part here that boy this is the one part I, that i hated the most is miro coming up first of all don't attach bad. yourself to this Kip Saban crap anymore. Like, you know, get, no, get away from that. Go attack somebody. That's cool. Yeah, I get that. But then they've been presenting him as this great monster, which has been awesome the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But then like Brian Pillman went toe to toe with him and it only ended with a pull apart. 
No, that should not have happened at all. I agree. Brian Pillman is a, is a, is a tag team wrestler who rarely wrestles on his own in this company. Mm-hmm. He should not be going toe to toe with the AEW champion who they're presenting as this giant killer. The TNT champion. Yeah. yeah. TNT. Sorry. I keep missing that one up the TNT champion, but yeah, I did not like this. I, I don't think it was a good use of Miro. Andy, am I wrong here? Nope. I agree. I, I I'm, you know, like I don't mind uh, Brian Pillman, so like I was junior. I, like, I, I love was, the guy. Yeah, cheering yeah, him on. But happy to see him get the opportunity. But but I agree. Like that, this to me should have been, uh, you know, if they, if they were going to have this attack, this was a a a beat down, and then you have a a then you have a beaten Brian Pillman. Like you know, have him down and hurt, and and you know, it's like oh, you you, you want to attack me that like this, and how about we. You know, you want to be a real man. You want to be a real champion. You know, I'll challenge you to a match like this. You know, do it that way even versus, like you said, going toe-to-toe because it's, it's yeah, he's a tag team wrestler. And, I mean, yeah, Miro's, Miro's a monster. Like, it shouldn't – that it, – he's not the, the caliber of wrestler that you're going toe-to-toe with a monster who's your, you know, your second champion. Right, Exactly. Uh, Elio, anything you want to throw in there, bro? Yeah, this one, uh, I didn't like Miro coming out at the end. It was just, then they, yeah, Brian Pillman's a tag team wrestler, like you said. Um, you shouldn't be, uh, the way uh, they present this wasn't good. The whole pull apart. What, what I thought was extremely funny, too, is do you remember the last couple of weeks that they've shown the Varsity Blondes? They've really been focusing on Griff Garrison. Yep. And then all yep. of a sudden he was just like laid out in two seconds <laughs> and they went after Pillman. And I'm just like, well, you just told us all these last couple of weeks, this is the potential breakout star here, but now Brian's jumping up. So yeah. Uh, confusing. Um, next we go to, I don't know. Are, is this bad guy versus bad guy? Are they trying to turn Brit good guy here? But Brit's in the back. She's being interviewed. Um, in comes Vicky Guerrero with her. Excuse me garbage going on um the funny part about this is she's she comes in she demands a match for get this her and nyla rose she is going to get in the ring next week with nyla rose that's gonna be bad well let's not forget we also have rebel who's acting like she can't wrestle or shit either so i guess that's they're there to counter each other like they're the whatever but um not once did Britt really act like a good guy here which got me even more confused because Nyla Rose and Vicky are definitely not the good guys. So is this just another bad guy versus bad guy thing? Because let's face it, Britt has been playing the villain for a while. She's not a good guy. And Nyla Rose has never been a good guy. So I'm not sure how that, how that's going to work. Andy, you shut up now. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. Um, We'll see how this goes. Well, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I, I don't I I don't even think I'm looking forward to seeing this match to be honest, guys. Um, maybe Britt and Nyla might have been a better thing, but this 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 matchup just not not I don't know. Yeah. Anybody? Do you guys? Any of you guys want to? No, shoot no, this? I'm not. Looking no. This is gonna be bad. Okay, all right. Uh, next, I'm gonna say this to me was the coolest part of the entire show was the little face-off package of Ortiz and Santana versus FTR. Yep. This was shot really well. Footage we've never seen with a really cool way of going about it. Uh, makes me think, and, and guys, 
holy crap, how long has it been since FTR has been in a tag team match? <laughs> and how long has it been <laughs> since uh, since Ortiz and Santana have yeah, been in a tag team match? They've been in singles, triples, multis. We have not seen either of these two teams fight each other or fight anyone for quite a while. So that this will be – I'm actually looking forward to this. I'm glad they're going this way. I'm hoping there's a series here that makes sense and not just a one-off or whatever because these are two great teams I think it really can produce. Um, once again, let's jump down to the idiocy, and we have Jade Cargill and her terrible manager slash agent – uh, so I'm to understand that now uh, the wrestlers she's going to beat the crap out of get a discount at the Four Seasons Hotel in Toronto. And I, I remember something. Did they just say Toronto? They did. <laughs> You're doing all this work in Jacksonville, but we're going to set you up. Because when you, when you uh, brought up that comment in the chat, I, I – I went back to you at that point, at that very point, Dan, when she said that, I'm like, wait, she said Toronto. <laughs> and and <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, but unless you're like the super main event dudes, how many wrestlers are staying at the uh, Four Seasons even with a discount? <laughs> I don't I guess maybe it's a pretty heavy discount. I mean, they got a really good deal. I don't know. Have I, you seen the Four Seasons, Andy? This is like $300, oh, $400. I hotel. know. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's a really deep discount. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still confused on the Toronto part. Yeah, like why would you get your ass kicked in Jacksonville and then you get to recuperate in Toronto? Yeah. Sorry, you lost. You're going to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks. You're going to have to stay two weeks in uh Four Seasons. I'm going to put a call into the Four Seasons to inquire tomorrow. Yes, actually oh, do that. Ask please him, do that. Tell him you're a female wrestler. Uh, who, 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 who's tell a him woman? you're a female. <laughs> tell him you're Julia Hart and that, or, or Nyla Rose, and that uh, you got your ass beat by Jade Cargill and you want to spend the night at the, what kind of discount are you going to get? Because she mentioned it on the show. Okay? That's that your sign. so funny. <laughs> so dumb, but so funny. Toronto. Where are the hell people? They're Americans, even. Why would they just name a Four Seasons New York or or make it up? Four Seasons Miami. Miami, yeah. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> okay, now we get to the main event, and guys, I cannot tell you how underwhelming um, I found this, and it shouldn't have been. This should have been a better match, um, but then once again, I'm starting to see that the Good Brothers. It was the Good Brothers and uh, one half of the tag team champions, Matt Jackson, mm-hmm. taking on the team of uh, Penta. Um, Kazarian and uh, Kingston. Kingston. And Kingston. And uh, wow. Um, first of all, the Good Brothers, man, are just not fun to watch. I mean, Carl's okay. You know, I mean, Carl's okay. He does some interesting stuff in there. Boy, Doc Gallows is not a yeah. good wrestler to watch. Yeah, something like him. terrible in there. We're such a big dude. He's got these giant gifts. He should be, he's an athletic big man. He should be doing more, but he just comes across as terrible in there. As and a goofy. Like he's perpetually goofily laughing at stuff. Like, <laughs> this is fun. You know, and uh it's it's not. It's not fun watching him wrestle. I had a very big this really upsets me. What a stupid move putting Frankie Kazarian in this match. Okay. We've been build, watching him the last three, four weeks as the uh, elite hunter. Mm-hmm. He comes out. He attacks one of the guys viciously, right? Uh, that should be his shtick for now. 
He should be cornering the guys. He shouldn't be in these multi kind of things where all of a sudden it takes away the mystique of what he's been building. Um, not surprisingly, he was probably the best part of this whole match. Okay. Uh, well, Penta two was pretty strong, except for his stupid hand gestures and, and wasting time with the crowd. At least he didn't take the time to rip his mask, his, his glove off and throw it in the face crap. At least that didn't happen. But um, yeah, uh, Matt Jackson dressed like, what was he supposed to be? Was he, uh, he kind of looked like Shawn Michaels or maybe like Randy Savage before the end I of the I thought career. he was a cross between Buff Bagwell and Randy Savage. Buff Bagwell, yeah, I forgot about that guy too. Um, hamming it up. Uh, there was, for with this potential of what this match should have been, guys, I could barely remember much of it because it was so damn boring. Yeah. You know, uh, they played a lot of the each uh, – it's indie, and it's what people expect in indie multiple man matches. Is uh, wrestler A hits wrestler one. Wrestler one puts his finisher on B. B puts his finisher on two. Two puts his finisher on C. One comes back in and get you know like the, everyone gets their thing and you go around. They they kept doing that kind of crap, and it's like that is so indie rific. I get it. That's why you go to the indies to see guys develop. You get to see those cool moves. On the big time is not the place to be doing that sort of stuff. Um, Eddie Kingston for a guy who talks a lot he didn't really wrestle very much in this match and, and I start to think I haven't really seen him wrestle a lot even though he's been in the ring um, but uh, big dumb move by putting Frankie Kazarian in there uh, I think it would have been better to put Pac in there right or Pac put him in there have have uh, Kaz run in and do the, the attack like he's been doing right you know um, and but let's another thing too is there if you want to make this character it's kind of cool but i think you're on the edge of it not being cool because he's attacked a lot of dudes but nobody has any lasting damage even nakazawa who he looked like he brutalized was back the next week with his computer doing his stuff so is he really the elite hunter or is he the elite jumper i don't know um take away his mystique and uh i, I thought that was bad guys i think Yes, okay. I, I'm trying to rack my brains of actually who won this match. I'm pretty sure that didn't Nick Jackson scrape yeah. something in the face of one of the guys? Oh, was the, it, the it was icy Penta. spray yeah. or something, yeah. He put in Penta's mask, right? Put in his face so Penta couldn't see. And they took the win. Um, this is just not, I, I just did not dig it. Andy, you want to talk anything about this match? I, I'm, nope. my, my mind on it wasn't that great. Nope. No. 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 I that. All right. Um, I'm going to say, looking over this entire card, uh, we didn't have infuriatingly terrible AEW like we've had the last two weeks. Um, two weeks ago, I was like pissed off mad how horrible it was. Uh, last week, I was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. This week, it was like, eh, middle of the road. It could be a lot worse. Could have been last week. Um, if I have to be honest and go through this, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a C because it was it wasn't horrible. It was sort of middle of the road, maybe a C plus. Yeah, I'll give it a C plus. And I don't mean the drink because I wouldn't share that, especially with those guys. <laughs> Screw you, AEW. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, Elio, what are you going to rate her this week, baby? Yeah, I'm just going to go with the C. On the C? Yeah. All right. Andy? And I will see your C and add one more. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So we're looking at right around hovering, you know, on that midway point. Uh, not great, but definitely what you don't want to see when you start to advertisers <laughs> uh, a five out of 10 isn't always the best. <laughs> so guys, uh, 
we have a lot of cool stuff coming up uh, in the next little while. We have, we've we've been doing a lot of cool quarantines. We've got a cool other stuff coming up next week. We have we won't know the schedule yet. We're going to hammer this out because we have AEW doing a special show Saturday. Then they do go their regular Wednesday show. So. We're going to have to try and compress two shows into one. I do know that for the live show of Wednesday next week, me and Andy most likely will not be able to be there. Uh, you can probably look forward to Rick Serrano, the third and, uh, and Elio for sure on that show. Uh, but other than that, uh, anything you guys need to throw out there before we get going? I, I appreciate the uh, break being on assignment. It, uh, it, was, it was refreshing. I, and where did you end up going? Uh, parts unknown. <laughs> man say hi to kane next time you're there i forgot to send that back. i heard an interesting story about kane which i can't really tell you guys but it was fun all right folks you have yourselves a great night andy say good night to the people in stampede wrestling style in the meantime and in between time that's it another edition of wpov global Bye-bye now.